Yeah. This is View from 202, a New York Red Bulls fan podcast, available on viewfrom202.com and wherever you find podcasts. Check my style. Check, check, check it out. Check the style. Check, check, check it out. Episode 125 of View from 202. After a busy, busy week of contrasting fortunes for the New York Red Bulls, it's Britt, Peaches, and Sam. How are you guys? Good. It's been... It was quite a ride. Yeah. On, Cutting short on, on Saturday. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, at this moment. This with, whole week. Yeah. I, I think I've been trying to digest what we're going to be talking about today. It's a lot. And it's a lot. I was going to say. I think generally I'm kind of down. We should. Uh, you're down? Like. Like in, in terms of like mood. Uh, like oh, right. I, I, no, I yeah. kind of yeah. forgot that there's been a while Santos since we've recorded. Uh, yeah. We may be the only. So one of the few Red Bulls podcasts to have not recorded post Santos pre San Jose. Yeah. So, so we kind of we've got it all. So like the most recent mm-hmm. the lingering feeling is much better than any of the I think sentiments yeah. we had once again after the game on Tuesday. Yeah. But we can try to reconjure these. So yeah, I mean I don't think it'll take much. You know, just talk about yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. So we've got a lot of things to talk about this episode. One is the end of our CCL, CCL run and the the hell 10 minutes in Torreon. Uh, two. The, the good 10 minutes, too. True. Fine. Um, <laughs> Look, I only want to talk about games where, we're, where we score four goals in the second okay. half. So. True. Oh, I'm nice. Uh, a, a, wow. a parallel is, I had not spotted. Yeah. What a segue. Uh, the... Um, the victory at the home opener on Saturday. Yeah. Then we've got some devastating injury news that feels like deja vu. And then we have uh, some selection uh, decisions upcoming this weekend since we are playing during the international break. And we have three guys called up to uh, their respective national teams. So a little bit of everything in terms of past, present, and future kind of for this week's show. So, shall we try to conjure the bad humors of of Santos Laguna? Yes. Last yeah. Tuesday? Let's start with the good part. Well, maybe we can start even before, which is which is the lineup. And maybe the you know the context See, I really of just taxi don't want, and all that. I don't want to think about the lineup. Well, okay, but this is actually not, not the part I'm going to get, you know, mad about cuz like going into this game, we went for it. Yeah, going into this game, my like the Santos game, I my dread and my suspicion was that it would be kind of like Atlanta leg two, where we would just kind of trot out the same lineup and go, oh, you know, let's give it another go this time. This is our best eleven, you know, putatively. Let's let's give it a go, and that it would be fine, and it mm-hmm. would not be enough to win, but it would be fine, and it would kind of like just be, you know, a, a lame duck of a game this didn't happen i have to say when the when the lineup comes out and omir fernandez is starting velo is starting um i'm like hey you know what we've gone for it kyle duncan wait no kyle duncan not start sorry yeah uh mixing up my games amir is back in the lineup obviously because he's not injured and then taxi is also not in the lineup at all which i've kind of made peace with was that like, look, I mean, he wasn't on the injury report. Still kind of annoyed that they're being coy about that. He's gone. 
but it would have he's he's ascended he's apotheosized uh but um i kind of made peace with the fact that he wasn't there and it would have been annoying if he just appeared abruptly as well Mm -hmm. it would have been really funny if he appeared on saturday but that funny is one word you know just so deep into it that the only thing you could do is laugh at that point this is funny to me actually But, um, so no taxi, but, you know, so it goes. Uh, Omir and Velo. Velo is something we all asked for. And then Omir looks great and... A pleasant surprise. Above, yeah, and gets his first goal as a professional player, right? Mm-hmm. Am I forgetting anything? Looks great. And then Danny Royer makes it 2-0, and we are tied after 10 minutes. What are your thoughts We're back. here? We're back. What like like fifteen minutes in or whatever? It's 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 fresh. Absolute. Two away goals, even on away goals. Uh, it was absolute banter. Yeah, at the moment because I was just like, wow, I cool. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And what's more, we were kind of in a weird situation where if we was, score one more, they have to score two. Yeah, but also the converse or inverse of that is that if they score one more. It it isn't actually that bad. Like we can't play for penalties anymore. It's all or nothing. But it's like you know what? If we wanted to outright win, we needed to score three anyway. And then we mm-hmm. we win if we score one more still, even if they scored one, mm. which they would. But <laughs> um, so going into the half, I think you know we have a rough end to the half. We kind of do you know, as we said last year during the Tijuana run, we do punch them in the mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but that kind of ends. Santos starts really asserting themselves a little bit better, um, a little bit more fully. The the legs kind of fall off, guys. At the half, what are your thoughts on what, what we should do with this game? All right, where where were your feelings leading? I feel like uh, Armis, like, <clears throat> before the game, I think my thoughts were like, Armis, I think, is a, is, does a pretty good job of assessing what was working and what isn't, you know, was not working in the half, mm-hmm. you know, the first half of games and then making adjustments into mm-hmm. the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like overall he does a pretty good job of that. What I worry more about, and, and this is just, it was in general and I think was exemplified in this game, was, you know, bizarro, weird uh, decisions that, you know, don't necessarily make a lot of sense in the last mm-hmm. 10 minutes of a game um, or in the last yeah. 20 minutes of a game, specifically the Atlanta substitution in the first leg of the playoffs last yeah. year. That was, I think where like, I- I'm concerned about those decisions. Um, so I feel like going into the half, it was like, yeah, this is great. Like we can make some adjustments. Uh, we can, you know, still mm-hmm. go for another goal in the first 15, 20 minutes. And if it doesn't work, we, we maybe make a defensive substitution uh, try to you know let the game go into penalties if we don't think we can get another goal mm-hmm. and then take it you know test I guess test our fate yeah. in PKs. I mean it's interesting that you bring up Atlanta because I think the um, I have a bit of a parallel I think in that game and this game that it it, it did like going into the half to answer your question first I I, I think I thought yeah like Armis has pretty much always came back in the second half with a a better. Mm-hmm pace to the game a better understanding of how to play and which felt different than jesse last year that was one of the first contrasts that we noticed and And, yeah i mean even except for maybe the first game he had which is the nycfc game but otherwise he he, um he does like 
you know, like we, I, I was looking forward to coming out in the second half looking stronger than the end okay. of the first half. And then it's funny that you bring up the Atlanta game because Chris Armas seemed to like n- n- need an away goal to win in a, a knockout round at the, in, in the last couple of minutes. Yeah. And kind of like overloads on the attack, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's just Although, that that's a curious decision making though. It's just it's just like the we were going to have gone into penalties right in twenty minutes, and then we lost overall six two right. And I had forgotten honestly that it there was no extra time uh, until watching the game. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, this you know penalties. Yes, they're a coin flip, but after losing two zero at home and uh, look, facing the possibility of 30 minutes of extra time at, away from home, like I will definitely take penalties yeah. if, if we could eke that out, even though it's a coin flip. Um, but, I mean, it's interesting that the Atlanta um, comparison, because I would argue that Atlanta sub was even less audacious than this series of subs. Mm. The Atlanta sub was bringing on Brian White, right. basically, right? Uh, it was it was a little bit... It was Brian White, but I think it was also the tactical change mm-hmm. Uh pushing one center back forward um and really going for it in a weird way yeah. like we did against like montreal okay um, away last year it was kind of like that yeah where it was maybe less the sub but more the strategy okay yeah because for this one we sub on Derek etienne and matthias jorgensen who gets his first appearance he he was here he but was who did they sub there. him up for so they sub off Velo, who was losing his legs a little bit. But also playing where? Uh, in the midfield. Where I, in the midfield? So, I don't know. You tell me. Well, Central why, midfield. Why don't, why, don't, why don't we talk about the, I mean, the formation generally. Yeah. Riz is not on the field to start the game. Yeah. Yes. So what was it? It was like a 4-1, 4-1. Yeah, with Davis kind of playing yeah. more reserved. And then Omir and Velo playing kind of more advanced Royer on the left and on the right kind of, yeah. um, and, uh, Brad up top, um, or not Mwil, It was, uh, Omir, right on the, on it was the right. Omir. It was yeah. Omir. Oh, I think I'm missing someone. What Kaku is in the middle. Kaku. Right. Kaku, yeah. Kaku played. For Kaku still us. plays for <laughs> this <laughs> team. Yeah. Right. yeah. It was, it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, Sorry. But, uh, yeah. So then we put on Etienne, in central midfield, you know, or or in place of a central midfielder, it's probably more appropriate. And Matthias Jorgensen, um, for Omir, right? Or is it? Yeah, for Brad? it was for Omir. Omir. Okay, I, mean, I remember being mad Omir. that Omir didn't stay on. Yeah, and I think this this basically immediately loses any sense of midfield spine we had left. Um, now, it was just Davis on an island. I guess Vologue kind of was losing his legs a little bit. Which you have to ask, and I understand that this is all really bittersweet now, given the news about him now, but you have to ask, what was he doing playing 45 minutes against Swope Park Rangers in USL on Saturday? You know, he played 90 minutes in Columbus across several positions. Then he plays 45 minutes on Saturday, and then on our Tuesday game, you have him starting. You know, it's just 45 minutes, but sure, if if he's lacking those little bit of legs, I... I feels a bit off it feels off but I, okay so i think i think the rationale is just that velo hasn't had like actual games in literally a year sure although he got he got a d de- he got a full preseason 
and he got an MLS league game. And then I don't know. I I, I don't know if that 45 minutes Helps. against yeah, Swope I mean, Park Rangers in week one of USL is is a net benefit over right I the, was, the tear on his legs. But I was take just it. devil advocate. Yeah. Um. So I feel like this is like. Yeah, Armis's version of going for it. Before we break down the goals we concede, I feel like just to me, uh, yeah, I kind of want to talk about the first one. The last two, the or only whatever. last one is the yeah. Only you don't really talk about it. about it. But the first, <laughs> so to me, the vision of going for it here is Saban Jorgensen or Jorgensen for BWP because Jorgensen's got that pace. He see if he can maybe scorch one of their defenders. And remember, Santos had just played on Friday again at Veracruz and had flown back home. Potential for them to be tired. Put him on there, see if he can torch a guy, grab a goal, and we get out. Other than that, I think as Jav said, it's we were 22 minutes from penalties away from home after losing 2-0 at home to start the tie. Mm-hmm. Putting on Etienne in place of a central midfielder and Jorgensen unneeded and i feel you know hands up that i used to get cranky about jesse packing it in way earlier than i would have liked but i will say the only thing i'll say about that is that i would get angry about that when we were playing the philadelphia union at home is in, santos in the september best, are they the best team we've played probably yeah. maybe in the in last of overall few, quality like five ever. years yeah I th- yeah at pro- least yeah. in the last I think five so. years yeah were they i in the competitive know, match probably maybe ever yeah, I mean, Chivas did make it. You know, Chivas did win the tournament last year, but for my money, Santos are better than. And Tijuana was better year. than Chivas last year. Well, mm. I mean, I don't know. There's something. I mean, I kind of, but we did. There's kind we of an institution. Tijuana pretty badly uh, in the second leg, right? But I mean, yeah. even the first leg was, I think, a surprise. Yeah. Um, I, either way, I think that like we. We lost against Chivas more than they beat us. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Either way. Right. And yeah. to relate that back to this game, I think we were like, I think Chris just kind of felt the team the same way they were in the first twenty minutes all the way through the game, mm-hmm. and felt like we were able to do that. Which is yeah. like a just a like well, which poor is, reading. Right. I think of, that's a bad reading of the game, game especially right. because is what you're saying because no, that, yeah, I think that is what I'm saying. But I, I, I think that the the worst part about that is that. Santos clearly grew into that game. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was a gradual increase, and then we tried to go, like, balls to the wall. Right. And I think I think you put on here instead Riza for more midfield bone. You know, he didn't have a great game at home against him first leg, but I think he would have helped still. And then I, clearly a Muil situation. And Muil's not even in the 18, is he? No. Yeah. Um, and then, as I said, Jurgensen maybe to, to nick one, and that's your going for it. But yeah, uh, and it's it's interesting that um, Armis kind of comments after the first goal that you know we we seemed kind of deflated and that um, like body language wise, leadership wise, and that uh, Santos really grew in to the game and that really bolstered the Mondo score three times in eight minutes after that, and that's like noteworthy to me because as we said earlier, scoring. Or conceding one goal in that situation in what the seventy something mm-hmm. minute, not totally catastrophe, not total catastrophe there. You know, maybe the the guys were probably realistically pessimistic about maybe nicking another goal, but 
to this point, I think it is important to not lose your heads and concede four times in 10 minutes. I think there is kind of a... <laughs> There's something to be said. There. I could I could anticipate an argument that, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if you go out or you, or, or, you know, how you go out. Just like gunning for it is worthwhile. And I, so I'd say, no, I, it, it does matter <laughs> for a team that has a collective pride and a collective, you know, leadership needs and is at the beginning of its season to not completely crumble again in another in another knockout tournament and concede four times in 10 minutes especially when three of them are after when the game was still in reach and lo- losing you know six two over two legs you have to say it's is is bad no matter bad what. no matter what yeah um i mean i think just like on to that though it's 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 it just kind of like also the way we went out. Like if we did lose six two and we actually like, it didn't quite feel like we were we were going for it when we were watching it. Right? It was just so mm-hmm. disjointed. It was kind of like there's just kind of limp. Yeah. I'd say, and I think that affects that too. Because like if you if you like actually kind of felt like you're going for it, if you like, if we felt like we were like really pushing them, but at no point during the substitutions or anything around then did I feel like wow, we're going to come back from this. Which know? is, yeah, why I it reminded me, like it was frustrating in ways that we've already seen. Like Montreal away, I think was one, one of the examples last yeah. year where we tried to go for it and throw a bunch of attackers up there, up and up, front, up top, and then we just lost our ability to connect the ball from the midfield to the attack. And we, we just kind of conceded to long balls. Yeah. Uh, and I think like that, put took brad brad out of the game in the second half entirely mm-hmm. uh, i think that like the immediate needs that you know on the field were around not ultimately not having any sort of support for davis who was getting overwhelmed in the midfield and then connor Lade, who's being you know taken advantage of on, on the on our left side and so it just seeing that over and over and over and over again stronger and stronger and stronger each time yeah. i just feel like it kind of signals that something isn't working and like that should be the immediate fix yeah that like like putting on the attackers at that point just made no sense if we conceded a goal or we conceded two goals and then that substitution happens and that makes more sense to me yeah but it was too early and i think it just like reading the i don't know reading the room is like so important in these types of games and i just feel like um it just if i i don't know i don't i don't see a lot of other coaches making the, that sort of decision um and i don't know what that means because yeah. armis is still you know clearly young and like learning um but it just made no sense to me at that it, point in time yeah i totally gotta say that i think one of my like kind of deep down criticisms of armis i had last season that i didn't really ever really you know think was true i guess or i just assumed is that it, it very much reads to me that when he makes substitutions he, it, it's kind of like a little bit like on the face of what it is yeah i think it's the- like very very conventionally like i think when chris makes subs it feels like oh we need to score a goal let's, let's add put on more, an attacker yeah well not only put on an attacker but like it kind of seems like he's like oh, if we take off a midfielder and add an attacker, we're adding attack to this team. Right, yeah. I think to borrow from something Cork has said, it, like, it sometimes feel like feels like he's just toggling up 
attack on FIFA. No, yeah, I, feel bit, like, you know. I feel like a FIFA sub. Yeah. Like, I've made that sub before. Yeah. I'm pretty and sure. Sam has like, seen me change my formations to have... <laughs> yeah, we, like, go totally into the formations and just put, like, five strikers literally as far forward as you can. And it yeah. just kind of felt like that. And it was, like... Like, and against the best team we've probably ever played... 22 like, does, minutes away from that, penalties. Does that make sense? 22 minutes away from penalties, yeah. Is that right or is it 32? That's, I don't know. I the first goal was in, what, the 71st minute? Yeah. 72nd minute? Okay. So, yeah. 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 So... 70, <laughs> 72nd minute. The mention of Wade is an interesting one, because I think the first goal is an interesting Wade goal actually played pretty down. well that game. Yeah, All things considered, he played yeah. well, but he got overwhelmed well, yeah, by a well, very good attacking The team. first goal is, is interesting... And Joe Goldstein had a pretty a pretty good thread about it that, I don't know, I guess it's it's like a week old now, but if you want to go search Joe's TL, you can find it. Timeline, you can find it. But um, pointing out how, like, yes, at it, it first watch, it looks like Wade is nowhere to be seen, but I feel like this goal is kind of like a little weird uh, microcosm of everything that's been going wrong against Santos, really. Oh, is that the one where you tried to clear it? Yeah, it's so like there's because he kind of did all the right stuff there. Yeah, because it's it's three on four, four I think, yeah. and with you know th- three and a half maybe because Davis is kind of trailing. But there's a situation where um, Parker is running with a d- uh, attacker and Wade is running with attacker. He's been uh, yanked inside, and Long is free. He yeah. doesn't really mm-hmm. have anyone, and Wade has been pinched in on. Uh, the guy who eventually springs the ball to the right and assists the goal. To me, it looks like Long recognizes this. Long kind of sees that that our left side is open, he's vulnerable, and that he can switch on to the guy who has the ball. Because he raises his arm a little bit and yells something, but then he immediately gives up on that idea and dives in because he either is later than he thinks... Or, I think, doesn't trust Laid in the way that he might Kamar. Because I think I've also seen Aaron in that situation kind of overlap a little bit, maybe, mm-hmm. to, to potentially go to the left flank that was then exposed. And what happens is that... To be honest, when he does make those runs, it's pretty late. And I, I always feel it, yeah. a little bit of a heart attack. But, I, it, I mean, is that guy faster than most MLS attackers? Maybe. We've, we've seen weird... We've seen weird moments like this from Kamara where it like looks kind of last at last ditch, but it seems that Long and him have have an understanding where it it can be pretty remarkable sometimes. But I feel like this also weird block that happens with Late is a good is a good <laughs> thing in, example because now this is harsh and I know that it's it's not provable, but I just Connor gets unlucky here where he blocks the ball and then it bounces back on the Santos mm-hmm, attacker mm-hmm. and then. He he somehow finds himself kind of like in the air when the the pass is made to spring him through. I just have a sense that I just really think that Taxi somehow diffuses this, even if he doesn't win the tackle. I think he at least stays there in a way where the ball just doesn't get just slid out to the right like that. Now that's just kind of I think bad luck by Lade in this case. I'm not. It's not something huge to. <laughs> It's not provable that that's really Lade's fault. But also behind him, after Long has given up on either helping or having Lade switch over, he has dove in completely, has done a 360, has totally lost his head. And by the time he reorients himself, he looks up. He's way too late to to be of any use there. And rewatching it, I'm thinking, why why is... 
like long diving in on a shot like that when he's five yards away from the shooter, maybe three yards away from the shooter, and his his teammate is already basically in front of him. I think it's slightly a little bit of a hero ball instinct from Long you see there. And I think you also see Long kind of switch off on the third goal there where he's kind of in a similar situation where he doesn't really have a direct man to mark. And I think in other league games, we've seen him yell at guys and really take control of the back line, and he simply doesn't do it. Um, so for me, I feel like there's there's kind of a, a breakdown there um, that that um, really kind of encapsulated all of the, the back line problems there. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I would say that when I brought up, like, Laid being overwhelmed, it was maybe less about, like, him failing in the goals. Sure. And more about, like, allowing for sustained, constant, never-ending pressure mm-hmm. that I think led to more and more opportunities. And then ultimately just a break. Like, the dam just, just totally broke. Yeah. See, I don't... I think what happened in at least the first part of this game for Lade's performance in, in that he seemed like pretty well and comfortable is that there there was a lot of wide midfield support uh, in a way in, in, in like more than there would be just like Royer in, in a normal game or like okay. the occasional cock would come through because we had like all those four dedicated attacking midfielders. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we did, did lose some of that spine, but I, I mean, it's just kind of like we, ev- everyone kind of sucked eventually. The second goal, I think, is also just a, a clear-cut example of the midfield being overwhelmed. Is the ball, like, the on the final ball that gets slid in, it is the thinnest of margins nutmeg I've ever seen that goes through on the mirror. Amir's oh, legs. Yeah. To the extent where I, I feel like you could justifiably not really call it a nutmeg because it fully wasn't intentional. The guy was just kind of sliding it in, and he got lucky. But all of it is born of the fact that we lack the midfield pressure to appropriately um, pressure the guy who makes the ball to the guy who slides the ball past Amir. Because Amir has to be playing in no man's land a little bit longer than he usually does. Yeah. Because there's just nobody in midfield. When you have, like, when you're calling on Derek Etienne Mm -hmm. to provide defensive support, you've already given up the defense. (laughs) I mean, like, you're just, you're already, like, you know, like, we got to score. Like, at least two, three goals. I mean, even when you, like, add an attacker, Derek Etienne is... Like the state of that game, he can't be the guy who's responsible right, to like, either bring the ball up the midfield or well, the to state provide of that game, defensive support. The it's, state just, of, it's just it's so for, for funny us at in this that point. point of that game when Derek Etienne came on, the person we needed was someone who was able to probably start or like not start, but like support a fast counterattack, not hold up balls and dribble past defenders. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, who knows? Didn't Etienne had a little spot at left back? We've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did He did just okay, though, right? I know, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to understand uh, Armis's uh, mentality or approach here, but um, yeah. your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, so I think... I mean, uh, I think at the end of the day, this game was either a gross overthink or an underthink. Yeah, I think... And then I'm, I'm disappointed just that that we lost our heads again. Yeah. And I will say that that, that really is non-trivial um and and you know sure it was unlikely that we were going to go through already but the way that we did is it was was avoidable really and that you know at when the lineup came out at seven or whatever or eight uh i was like you know what i can't complain about armis he he did what i wanted he's going for it and then when the game ended i was like "Ah, i can still complain about Armis. like this is like how how do you how do you really blow it in that kind of weird way 
But um, do you want to do Godus and Wotus, or do you just want to move on? Let's just move on. All right. So after the game, a little bit of drama. Um, Kaku takes to online, and I mean, whom among us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, honestly, we take to real life. We exit online just just occasionally. Um, And uh, posts a tweet that translates to, uh, sad when you realize it, but you're not as important as you think. Um, And then, uh, you know. Saturday hits. Yeah. Fast forward to Saturday. Alejandro Romero Gamara is not in the match day 18. And is listed as out. Those by are not coaches. sound effects. That's an actual decision. <laughs> <laughs> Siren from outside. I actually scheduled the police to drive by at this time of night. Disgusting. I have to commit. Yeah, uh, but um, Chris Armis uh, comments after the game that uh, Kaku, you know, he he doesn't confirm, but basically confirms that Kaku needs to, you know, avoid. Um, or, or be be conscious of the things he puts out online, which is a total paraphrase. I'm not quoting, but um, you who asked that question? Who? Franco. Was he? Well, finally, he's useful. Useful. For, uh, that's too harsh. But I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, that is kind of what he's good for. More, though. more, uh, more Kaku uh, drama. You, yeah, you thought it would end? Discord disharmony. Um, yeah, but I mean. This is another, I mean, like, look, obviously, Kaku's responsible for his own uh, actions and his own opinions, but I think this this f- kind of contributes to my idea of, like, it, it being important to coach your team and, and manage your team and on the field have guys who can lead the team to at least losing in a composed way, you know, to, to not create the environment to, for these kind of things to happen. Although, to be to be sure, Kaku, get your shit together. Don't... Don't be so sad online. Yeah, well, Kaku, how'd you get so messy? What happened? Mm. Maybe maybe we were just looking past it. We didn't want to see it, but... He hasn't been this messy, though. Yeah. True. I, I, I lost what I was... I, I was going to say something, but I realized it wasn't actually true. So let's go to Saturday. Uh, home opener against the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, and interesting... I only saw a wonderful soccer game. I saw no bad <laughs> soccer that day. Yeah. Oh, I can remember what it is now. I, I was thinking of this wrong series of matches. But in the 180 minutes that we played uh, this week, we had two halves, the middle two halves, the worst shit you can imagine. <laughs> and then the outside two halves, fucking world beaters. We're winning the World <laughs> Cup. Repeats, you know, Yet on again. this Saturday. Yeah. So uh, this is very Arsenal, actually, in a way, where they, they kept on playing, oh, like, really good in the Outs- calendar year, but, like, fucking relegation were really in the next calendar year, and it averaged out to about fourth place every year. But um, what are the lineup decisions, again, on, on Saturday? It's interesting. We see Vincent Bezicourt return. Mm-hmm. We uh, see Florian Velo It's like return. fourth game in three days. Yeah. We see Kyle Duncan at left back. The uh, the thing we'd been clamoring for. We did. And the thing that we, um, I think, very quickly discovered why he did not start yeah. at that position. Kyle's clearly... A right back. A, yeah, right back. Great great player. I think he's got something special. Great athlete. But um, he kind of took a while to get used to his angles. And then uh, the better half of this is in the second half 
we we saw he's very right footed. Very, but, yeah, <laughs> exclusively. Yeah, it well, no, no, he he put in the left cross. Yeah, at one point. He, honestly, he, there's he a fun there's a fun part in the um in the interviews after mm-hmm. like um for Kyle Duncan specifically at the end like Derek comes in. Derek Etienne, like clown Kyle with <laughs> with a fake microphone, being like, "So I heard. Can can you confirm? I heard that you put in the cross with your left today." <laughs> <laughs> but so it must be like a wide known yeah. issue. <laughs> Duncan, kind of similar to the Santos home leg, I feel like w- would have stretches where he clearly look is a good player, but would just be out of place or something, and and be struggling for a sense of the game, and he definitely struggles in the first. 15 to 20 minutes, including on the goal where he gets yanked up a little bit and the ball gets slid behind him. And Espinoza of San Jose finishes past Robles. um, Far post. Far post. And we're down 1-0 at home. I had not been to the arena by this point because I had been running late. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even see it. This reminds me to talk about transit later. But um, so not good vibes. And also, I have to say, just standing there, it felt just—it just felt very weird. It was sunny, but it like it wasn't really hot. But then I just realized at one point, it's weird to be here not freezing my ass off, mm. and and for it to be a day game. It's gonna be funny because I feel like in November or October, or whatever, we're gonna say it's it's weird to be here when it's not absolutely yeah. sweltering outside. Not, yeah, the, the way that I'm talking about this, you think I was like live in L.A. or something yeah. and don't mm-hmm. know what seasons are, but um. No, it it was just kind of weird, um, not good. And then I said, yeah, because I walked in around the fourteenth minute or so, and, yeah, and, and walked towards you guys, and I looked at the scoreboard, and I was like, "Are we losing? Like, also, what? What's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah, everyone seems a bit tense." Mm-hmm. But also, I think a lot of people were seeing people for the first time this season, so yeah. like, there were like a lot of people just like loudly talking, just like chatting. Yeah, yeah, it was a weird, weird environment. Not bad, not bad, but uh, weird environment. Um, but my, one of my least favorite things in the first half, of course, um, is kind of the way that the guys really get on Duncan's case. Uh, I think you see Brad kind of scream at him at one point. Davis. You see Davis get at him. Wong kind of lashes at him. And then there's one point where Robles gets up on him and, and yells in his face and puts his hand on him. Not, you know, don't worry, we're not going full Dax gate or whatever. But, like, he puts his his hand on the back of his shirt and you, you can, like, see him really, like, grab and tug, tug his it, shirt yeah. in a way that I, I mean, was you can like, see is it that especially because really it's through the keeper gloves. Right, right yeah. <laughs> and that also reminds me that the the glitch kits for some reason they look fucking enormous on i think everyone. they're actually big yeah it's the they're tails actually, are big on well everyone. the tails are big but actually the the cuts a little definitely bigger than they used to be okay because it, so. it, it's not just us regular folk it's the the athletes as well wide fits coming back yeah but i am not not a fan of mm-hmm. the way that we're we're chewing out duncan i will say i recognize the similarity to the wheel scenario last year and i slightly more cited on the chewing out this time but but this time i was like i don't know like for a, a young player who's playing out of position who uh had confidence issues at his last club and is clearly a confidence player like terrible fucking move by the captain of all people and the oldest guy on the squad to be yanking at the guy's jersey uh in front of all of the home fans and kind of like scapegoating him in real time in front to of Luis's everyone. credit though he did get much better after that i think he got better when the crowd to their credit 
uh, applauded him when he started doing small things. Good, you know, which once again, I mean, RBA, very smart crowd usually. Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle talked about that too. He was just yeah. talking about when he was play, like he felt. Um, I don't know if you guys watch these interviews, but like he when he was, um, he does. He seems less media coached because it seems like he gets way more interesting quotes yo, than his, other people. His interview was amazing. It, yeah. Like he, he's definitely. I, I, I admittedly didn't watch it. No, he's definitely much less media uh, trained because he, he was just like chilling and talking there with mm-hmm. everyone. Um, kind of like, like even like I don't know, like all the young kids, they don't really like toss around slang or anything the way that Kyle does. Mm-hmm. Um, Apparently, either his grandma or her aunt owns His a restaurant aunt owns a, re- a jamaican restaurant in queens oh it's not a, it's not in brooklyn no well, well i might as well we just gotta, go to we i might go. as well go to elizabeth <laughs> if i'm gonna go to queens <laughs> uh, but yeah. um <laughs> now anyway, we can go <laughs> the, the, the the reporter who asked that question said immediately afterwards oh i've never had jamaican food uh, <laughs> well, it clearly was not michelle michelle french oh, oh michelle french comes back <laughs> even though it's not oh canada Good. You miss Michelle French. I know. I know. I saw your tweet and I was like, fuck, I missed O'Canada? Wait, we're playing San Jose. <laughs> yeah. No, as I tweeted, San Jose is now, now part, part of Canada. Canada. That's yeah. just how it works. Um, um, where were we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Duncan was saying how um, when, you, when he was playing on the sides and doing poorly, he heard in, in the crowds just like, keep going, Kyle. Let's go, Kyle. Like encur- words of encouragement. I'm sure he heard the bad parts too. But he talked about the words of encouragement. He was like, good. oh, that helped me go. And uh, you, Yeah. Somebody even next to us in the South Ward, like they're like ragging on him, but everyone is saying, "No, he's good. He's young. He's he's a right back. Really, he's a right back." Yeah. Which is, you know, weirdly, I don't know. You don't. It's, it's very different than what you hear about Moyle. I don't. I don't. Which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be on, and to be honest, well, like I don't know. Maybe this is a hot take, but to be honest, I would expect people to be. It would be the opposite, and people be racist towards Duncan and not. <laughs> you know towards Muil, but i don't know well maybe maybe the south ward is truly like just a little bit more woke yeah yeah <laughs> maybe um but yeah we go into the half after uh well fuck the the horror event at the end of the first half though mm. um sees alex Muil sub on for florian velo um after he gets uh scissored pretty much from behind uh and he does walk off the field, but as you hear about cruciate ligament injuries, uh, often you can walk, even though it could be totally fucked. And we've heard the news today that Florian Velo has torn his right ACL. It's the opposite knee than the problem last year, uh, and he is out for the season. This is similar timing to Duncan's injury last year, too, right? Yeah, pretty much pretty much exactly. Yeah. Almost exactly, yeah. And Duncan could also have walked off, so... Yeah, he did walk off, yeah. I think. Um, so, oh, I man, mean... Oh, man, are going to have to prepare for a mid-season? <laughs> this is really fucked up. I mean, like... Velo swap. We've been, like... We've talked a lot about, like, how exciting he was last year and, like, what... And, like, the way that he he combined with Kaku. And now it's, like, two years in a row. There's going to be two years in a row of what if. Not Pretty, not only for the team, but specifically for the player. You right, know? It's 2019. You could just DM him on Instagram. <laughs> No, I want I want him on the field or I want him nowhere. But uh, it it does have a knock on effect for Kaku though as well because I don't think I've seen Kaku play as well without him on the field. Or, right, or, right. It'll be interesting to me. Like I I have to imagine that from here on out, you know, we'll pro we'll probably play Muil, 
um, which obviously worked fine last year, but it was different. It, it was a, it was a different look and a different dynamism. And I I wonder, and I don't know if Armis and to a degree Hamlet are gonna intentionally try to maybe uh, replicate that kind of shape and dynamism we had with both Velo and Kako on the field. We have time. other people though. This time around, yeah. we're deep with wingers. Got Just some Omir action going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got some. That's true. Marcus Omir does. Apps. I think Omir could be the the Velo. In, in the wings, maybe yeah. out of the skill set I see out of, I mean, out of all those guys. I, Omir kind of feels like he could be that missing link piece right there. Yeah. A lot. Dude's legit. Yeah, he's great. I mean, also, like, I still think uh, Ivan's going to be very mm-hmm. strong oh, this season as well. Ivan. There's so many. Um, so, so I'm not worried. I'm not as worried about that. I mean, I, I but I think the concern is that, you know, we've got some uncertainties with Kaku's sort of attitude and is i guess long-term standing on the team and then also yeah. with with low out what's our attack look like what are our assumptions from our first episode look like um because yeah. we had this team getting 70 points throughout the whole season yeah um is that still the case well know. we did get more points well, without flow we do we have four with. points to two games and the way that we scored the goals here is two through wheel one through BWP, who gets his first goal in 10 competitive games. And then classic it's been Royer. 10 games? I think so, like going wow. back to last year. Um, classic Royer, you know, bottom bottom or, or flat track bully goal, which <laughs> don't, like as we've said before, That's not a, a diss. Thing to have. Not a diss. Yeah. Extremely good thing for this team to have. Um, it's like when people say tap, and I also yeah. don't think that's a diss. But we, we play well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and... I mean, I don't know. We've gone. We don't really have time to hash that out. But uh, you know, Muil gets two goals. One is off of BWP taking a shot, going for a crack. Royer follows up the rebound. San Jose, quite frankly, does not bother to follow Muil into the box. Makes the correct run, taps it in. Not too much later, uh, you know, we see a nice little innovative set piece. And I guess I Royer has a has a you know smart little uh, kind of chop of the ball there to get around his defender, flicks it in. When you put things in the mixer, it works. It pops up right to Muil, who smartly volleys it, hammers it right in. This also reminds he me. so cool doing that. The new, the new screens, which we have not talked about at RBA yet, look amazing. I was kind of thinking like, eh, whatever, you know, no big deal. But I don't know if this is going to be a permanent stadium thing or if it's a TV thing. But the way that they like had those angles instantly and they had that uh goal cam in the goal and like played it slow-mo like right after the goal and like played that graphic on top of it like it it looked really slick yeah i have to say it was like damn this is like definitely the transparency in the graphics i feel like just make it seem a lot more yes yeah true and i was like fuck that that some high-end shit yeah that that is like that feels like truly an enhancement they weren't just that bullshitting is not about that. the default graphics package in yeah. Adobe Edition. I was hoping that they would do. <laughs> I was hoping Premier. that the boards would have the uh, sides would be the lineups like they were in CCL, mm-hmm. and so they were just kind of like a rotation of um, like hey, they got to sell that ad space, you know. But that's okay. Also, not a fan of there being a kiss cam. Yeah, that is whack. Yeah, uh, and. 
but it looks like it's like a ad placement. So maybe we're stuck with that for the year already. But it was, yeah, it was Jeff Goldblum in there. Was yeah, that, that yeah. Was that. And how barely Sully. And then people yeah. kind of yeah. thought yeah. that someone was getting engaged. No one really thought. No, that. like the drunk people in front of us did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They were like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, but you know. <laughs> that's a thing that can happen at a stadium, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's literally happened. Somebody Didn't somebody propose to somebody in 101 last year? Please, real ones propose in the rubble outside of the new Harrison Station path construction. <laughs> Come on. And then they get married at RBA. Yeah. Shout out, Lee. Um, anyway, oh, true, yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, third goal is similar kind of thing where, where we're just really taking advantage of the fact that Seattle, I'm, San Jose is trying to man mark the hell out of everyone. And doesn't take much to break the system after you just beat a single guy. And we slide one in for BWP, gets his goal. And then, um, honestly, we've already talked about the goal. We, we really dispatch them. And it makes me very relieved that after going down, we still got some good goal differential and f- fulfilled our desire to assert our dominance over a lesser MLS team. It was to nice to have a comeback win after that Santos game. Yes. Especially yes. after we doubted their mentality. Yes. We do see Matias Jurgensen's here in front of the home ground. That is, a, that is a lanky, angly boy. Mm-hmm. He is long. I was looking at it. <laughs> I think I changed my mind, as you guys heard, in real time, like five different times. I was like, he's so tall. And then he stood next to someone. I was like, is he or is he just lanky? Like, I can't, I can't tell. But, man. Looking lanky goes a long way in winning headers, I think, though. That's true. He's got a bit of that crouch in him. Yeah. We'll be, I'll be interested to see if we try to, to bulk own, him up. Our own crouchy. Oh my he God. almost gets a goal. He does, yeah. Yeah. It was almost like five in this game. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Almost gets a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Should, I mean, I think other if it wasn't 4-1. Yeah. But I'm all for this uh, for this cutthroat shit at the end. Do we goatist wotist this one? Sure. Goatist. <laughs> There's only one go. On, Alex Moyle. Yeah. Wotist. I, I have to give it to Kyle, I guess. But he came yeah. so good at the end. Kyle Duncan first half. Kyle Duncan light wot. Luis Robles, Ooh. not great on the save and putting your hands on my man, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. You've been warned. Oh, yeah. that was a hard save. Uh, I don't know. I, if, I, I don't know enough about goalkeeping to be assertive about this. Is that going to keep me from saying anything? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't know. Just looking at it again, is like, is that really, like, it, it feels like he didn't close down the angle a lot uh, as, as well as he could have. Uh, well, it was kind of, it was kind of a weird thing because I, I remember him like coming out, but like also needing to go around. He so kind of doesn't like, go out though. He kind of just like shuffles straight across. Well, he takes a couple of steps forward before he has to shuffle across. Like I think mm. the step forward made him shuffle across, which opened up that space. I don't know. Yeah. I, I okay. refuse to play keeper. Yeah. I mean I think that maybe twenty fifteen Luis Robles might have yeah. might have had a maybe just a smidge quicker reaction. I feel like also that that, that was about it though. If, yeah. I also feel like he should be going that with with for that with his foot, not his his arm, but I don't know. Sam he, plays the most keeper out of all of us. I mean I with no technical knowledge. Of I mean it, I've started so. doing it at so five, but my that's technique is to just really get yeah. as large as possible and that's that works for a shocking amount of things. Or just like keeping your leg down. But um yes, so that is that uh I'll talk about the transit before we break into the second segment, which is uh I was able to survive the first of the path apocalypse this year. 
I posted something on Twitter. Quote from Brit this weekend. I am still a transit genius. Yeah. I, I, I was... I, I posted out a suggestion and, and a best practices for catching your path trains to Red Bulls games. Lo and behold, I was 20 <laughs> minutes later than all my suggestion, but I still made the Which transfer. Which is great, because kickoff was 20 minutes yeah, later than... Yeah, true. <laughs> so the main thing was that, yes, of course, the direct path line to the stadium is not working on weekends for two years, specifically <laughs> just at World Trade Center. December 2020. Yeah. So um, what we do, I mean, we all live off of the A, so this is easy for us. But we're not fucking with the ferry thing that they're set up. That not maybe, yet. We'll I try mean, it like, maybe for like a nice yeah. day. A nice summer day. Yeah. We get there early. Once it hits set the 70s, I feel yeah. like we should try it. Yeah. We right. can be on the cruise. But really, you got to remember that the, the path train along 6th Avenue in Manhattan is basically for the, for the 9th Street 14th, 23rd, and 33rd stops, basically right next to the subway for all of those. So the transfer of those is pretty easy. When we were in school and we went to a couple games, for some reason, I guess we lived off of the 123. We always went to Christopher Street. Yeah. And that was actually not the easiest way to do it. So just get to there. And honestly, if you could um, minimize your walking, I would I would just try to get to the AC or, or F and you said that the, the transfers were, were timed on the sixes and sevens. Yes, so that's the thing. The running clock face schedules. So that path, the 33rd Street line, is running every 10 minutes, which is not bad for weekend service. Better than the MTA in a lot of places. Uh, but the thing is that the Newark line, the one that takes you to Harrison, is running every 20 minutes. So every weekend, if as long as if you catch every other train, will arrive to Journal Square at uh, one minute before the Harrison Brown train is about to leave. So, you so half of you will wait 10 minutes. Yeah, so there's a possibility that you could wait 10 minutes for a train, but if you catch the right train and you look it up ahead of time, there is, you should have a seamless transfer just across the platform that will take you to Harrison. I did catch that this time, and based on my experience, they're intentionally holding the train so people can make that transfer. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm. I might try to make a habit of posting which trains people should catch on the weekend. Maybe it'll be the same every weekend. I Thank you, know. Transit Genius. Yes. Yeah. Um, so how'd you fare on the uh, the trip over? I did well. <laughs> I also was. I get it. I was uh, hustling on my way back Subway to make it to fans. a show on Saturday, and I, I did okay. I was able to nice. take the path train all the way up the gut to Manhattan. I don't take that line often. The the Thirty Third Street one. So it's not as bad as. As I hoped. The Hoboken stop's just a bit weird. That's it. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's the, really the problem is that it takes so long to get to Hoboken. The fucking tunnel geometry in there must be like really annoying. It always creaks so much. Yeah. But yeah. That interchange is a kind of innovative one for its time for when they built it. But alas, I think it's too, too uh, curvy for the length of trains that we have now. But nonetheless, uh, do you want to have any other bullets before we move into segment two? I think because of the longer transit time, we're going to have to invest a little bit more time in some activities pre-game. So tailgate, mm. uh, maybe some more uh, Rodizio, mm, um, uh, some some more time in, in Newark or mm. adjacent towns. Um, but hopefully that'll uh, fuck give around us, in Jersey City for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, give us an opportunity to, to go yeah. see what's out there because I feel like we typically get yeah. some pizza from Raza. This yeah, is our first yeah. time for a regular league game 
going into the new new station as well. That is just not having to cross the street there is already an improvement. So it's so nice. Yeah. But yeah. hopefully the other one will be completed soon. Honestly, that that station always gives me a double take cuz you're building the new one and Yeah. I I thought that we'd be exiting from the wrong side or whatever, but no. We figured it out. All right, let's break for segment two, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Orlando on the weekend and selection decisions. I know that I ended it, but why won't you chase after me? You know me better than I do, so why didn't you stop me? Why didn't you stop me? Segment two of episode 125. A view from 202. We have a couple of uh, games on the books here, so we can actually kind of read the standings without it seeing, seeming totally worthless now. So with uh, three games in for most teams, um, the first place in the Eastern Conference is DC United um, after they put up a big five spot on nine men RSL. Thanks, Mike. Um, then we got the crew... With seven points as well. Toronto has started with two wins with six points. Montreal uh, started their road streak pretty well as well with six points in fourth place. The Red Bulls, with only two games played, are in fifth place. One win and one draw. Goal differential of three. Not bad at all. Behind us is FC Cincinnati, who picked up a win and (laughs) got that draw at Atlanta and then in the last playoff space for this year seventh place is NYCFC who have not lost but have also have three failed points. to win they've drawn every three all, wow. all three of their games uh including two games at home to be fair I think more D- DC and LAFC are both really good yeah. this year they also drew at Orlando City that is funny and there's yeah. no excuse still for some drop points Orlando City uh, is in eighth. There are opponents for this week, but however, before I get to them, let's take a moment to laugh at Atlanta United, who are behind <laughs> them in ninth place after also going out in CCL. They uh, are winless, two draws, and a loss. They you know, drew against Cincinnati. I hope League Media is hearing this, and I hope that the Atlanta front office is hearing this, but they really need to give Frank DeBoer more of a chance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, um, lot, God, who do they lose against again in the league? Uh, DC, their first game. And, uh, now they've drawn against Philadelphia Union. And that was the Phillies, Philly Union's first point. Philly are in last place. They have only one point through three games. And that was at home for Atlanta. So love, I mean, I guess the meme goes, hate to see that for, uh, <laughs> Atlanta. Meanwhile, Chicago, New England, and Orlando uh, all seem to uh, continue to suck. But Orlando is the task at hand on Saturday. They are 0-2-1, They're, uh, which, according to the foot mob formatting, excuse me, so that means that's two draws and one loss. Pardon the confusion. Um, they uh, got that, got a draw against Chicago at home, a draw against NYCFC at home, and then... Um, lost against the uh, Montreal Impact. Orlando, of course, are one of the worst teams in the league last year. James O'Connor, their new manager, seems to have not really figured out anything at all. This game is at home. We're going to be mostly rested. Got to say, everything on paper points to an expected win. 
uh, or, or that is what you would demand of the team. Of course, we've got the three absences for international duty. Aaron Long is with the U.S. men's national team. I'm not sure if we know he's captain yet, but definitely in the camp. We could see he's already there. Uh, Michael Amir Murillo is with Panama. And we've got Kaku with Paraguay. Paraguay conveniently are actually playing at Red Bull Arena this week. And I believe they're traveling for their second game. I believe Alanis got called up from the second team. Yeah, oh, congrats to Alanis for um, his call-up. But uh, three absences. This really just doubles to continue Kaku's suspension from the first team for another week. What do you think about this? Is this good? Is it a convenient excuse? Or is it potential for more, I don't know, <laughs> difficulty? I don't know. It's just such weird timing mm-hmm. for this. Do you think it should help him cool his head, or do you think it will get I don't know more more time for resentments to bubble up? I think he's bringing a couple of business cards with him. Well, look, there's nothing he can do right now. I, I think he needs to play. He, well I mean, if he he's should. Move yeah, anywhere. He, he really yeah. should. Just like. I mean, he has balled out every time he's played so far. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't say what he's going to do, but I think it'll be – it's convenient for us in a way that it forces us to find another look with our midfield, and it's convenient that it's against a bad team that we should be able to beat no matter what. So couldn't really ask for a better laboratory scenario mm-hmm. to try this out. Here's my thing is that I think it's just like the Kaku thing I feel like could very much be resolved by having him bench that one game. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I mean, so. that's hopeful thinking. I, well, I mean, I, and I, I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, is it though? But like, like Chris set the precedent. Like, hey, look, if you're gonna be a fuckboy on social media, we're just gonna bench you. Or he'll just keep being a fuckboy until he leaves over, you know, in the summer for low value. But what? What is? What is? I mean, to him, it doesn't really. I mean, it matters a little bit. But he going knows from, he knows he knows it hurts the team more. Going than from it hurts. a twelve million dollar valuation to like a four million dollar depends valuation. where he goes. Right, but if he goes somewhere he wants to go for cheap, then he gets you know he'll his value will go back up. But also, if he never plays, he's never going to get traded. I don't know. If I don't know if that's true. I th- I think he will, like, suck it up. At, to the extent that he will play again. I don't I think mean, he's going to not play again. I, I agree. And I think that like professionalism will only do him favors. So it would make no sense. But right. I mean, he that, also, it's, you know, it has not shied away from drama over the, you know, starting from when he got here. But also he's never taken was, action against Kaku until now at all. What? We, this is the first action that we've taken against any, any anything that Kaku's done. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I so. think this is really the, the only like action worthy that event can, yeah right so so i guess it's more interesting to see how he responds to it so yeah. so and it's kind of hard to tell with the break um yeah but uh anyway i guess it's a concern for a couple of weeks out yeah so what do you do with all of these changes what do you try i think maybe we can start with the most straightforward one as bezicor for kaku oh okay i, think is, I thought this was gonna be the most complicated one but oh. right. yeah beza did play well last weekend i mean i think that's the most the mm-hmm. most obvious sort of swap okay that um just kind of given what happened when velo was out yeah uh bezicor moved to the middle uh it makes sense i think that's Ar- armis is going to see it the same way 
I, I don't know. Doesn't seem terribly, terribly surprising. Also, the way that he kind of like dribbles could be. He, he definitely improved in that second half against San Jose. Yeah, I think he got instruction to be more daring on the dribble and penetrating. I, mean, right. I, I didn't love him overall. Like I didn't. He didn't stand out. Remarkably. He had a lot of good moments though. He was kind of anonymous first half, I'll say. Yeah, super, super quiet. But, like, in the second half, he was, like, balling. Yeah, I thought he he definitely improved. But, you know, we Um, were were kind of so rampant there that it'll be helpful to see him again, I think, this weekend. And and I think against a team like Orlando, having, like, someone who can kind of, like, dribble into space, like, Mm Bezicourt might help us if if we're going to, you know, attack. Yeah, I agree. So It's going to be a different look than Cochran. Yeah. Um, Let's go center back, then. The depth chart at center back right now, of course, is Long and Parker, our first two. Then we have new signing uh, Amro Tarek, um, who we have seen uh, in Columbus, um, already played once, and Sean Nealis, um, who is our draftee, signed bef- uh, to the first team. Uh, before I think the only draftee signed to the first team, right? Everyone else is Red Bull too, I believe. Um, kind of gotten the early nod and some signs of... Uh, confidence by being played in CCL against Pantoja and uh, against Columbus in our first game. For me, I gotta I gotta think that Amro will play here, because I mean you know maybe Nealis is something special and credit to him if he is, but part of me just kind of hopes that if a if we signed a guy, um, an MLS vet and international egyptian international and we scouted him and we sought him out paid his transfer fee in order to get him and he had a full preseason i would hope that he would actually be able to slot in and play for us if he can't that would be a bad sign to me especially considering that he's playing for his former coach and cj brown if we determine that neilis is more ready i'm kind of worried with like what are what are we kind of doing with our personnel decisions i mean yeah, I, I think you say this, but I, I I do think there is a case just that Nealis is better, maybe, for us. I think that's... I mean, maybe, again, maybe like Nealis is really special. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Is like but, we did sign Amro before the draft. Yeah. It doesn't make me very confident. Like, I, I like don't, having a guy who's a fifth-string center back who's as good as Amro Tark is not a bad idea. Like, if our plan was to draft Sean Nealis though like I, I don't know if, I don't think if, this, I, so so I don't necessarily think I mean that the plan was draft Sean Nealis I, I I mean I agree with you that that if Amro doesn't play for this team really that that there's kind of an issue with that signing yeah but I think there's also a chance that Sean Nealis with his physical characteristics could just be a better fit on this team right now are we just saying that based off of the previous games i'm just saying that based off the fact that he's really fast <laughs> but like like what 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 are we what are we basing this off of i just the I, amount of burn time i burn time that neil has gotten compared to amro yeah but i mean part of it might just be like you know good circumstances to let your younger players get exposed yeah i mean it yeah. could, could well be that amro is going to play no matter what well, yeah, i mean suspicion the suspicion that amro didn't really play during preseason yeah i think if amro doesn't play it will worry me and it's something that's already on my mind i don't you know i feel like you're being a bit too pessimistic about that i, I like I, I think that nealis like it, it could just be that nealis is like a really much better than also consider that amro is going to be playing against guys that he trained with yeah. and trained against all last year so 
that I mean, should hopefully the value help. for that should be on the training ground, not on the, you know, like. Well, no, I mean, he'll have, he'll presumably have that. experience going one-on-one with Dom Dwyer and oh, Sasha oh, Question. Like, you know, he's had a lot of reps I thought you with meant, those like, tactically had it. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. Like, um, anyway, we've got Maria on the right as, as well. Presumably Duncan slots in, right? Yeah. I mean, and then. <laughs> we can see him play right. You know. Finally. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> like, there was a report today that Taxi's fully fit. I don't know. You can believe it if you want. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty like conclusive. T- taxis are ready to go. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I don't whatever, know. I know. <laughs> nope. We're gonna see Connor Expecting Laid. Connor Laid. <laughs> Cameron Lawrence has always been at war with East Asia, but um, <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, you know, I was reminded that his name, his pronunciation in the pronunciation guide in the media kit it's Kemar it very specifically says Kemar Lawrence so you know I corrected Will's name I might as well you know I should correct my pronunciation I've been saying Kemar are you, are you gonna finally Kemar but now Kemar. now on Andy yeah Ivan's name is also that way and things so fine I give up <laughs> I give up you fought um, hard yeah valiant effort yeah so um if and then, and then, do you have Muil also in this game? I, I mean, you, I feel like you gotta. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I want Ivan to get more minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is an interesting one. Maybe <laughs> it's and, funny that you say you want Ivan and to get more Omir minutes. too, because right? I want Omir to yeah. get more yeah. minutes than Ivan. Do you? Is this finally the time to do the advance or like the the twos? pro? No, the proactive <laughs> rotation of BWP. Do you play him and maybe say, "Ah, oh, let's get BWP a goal." Like it's early season, or do you say? Let's deliberately take BWP a little easy this year and give either Jurgensen or Amir or Ivan a start. I think I, I'm all, based on what the the press conference sounded like from Chris Armas. I like he teased the possibility of more Matisse Jurgensen's minutes. All right. Um, and I think that like uh, yeah, I think now that Brad scored a goal, there's a bit of a monkey off his back, so we don't have mm-hmm. to like play him anymore, or like we don't have to like get him that first goal to get going necessarily. Yeah. Will we kill his momentum? I don't know necessarily know about that, but I have a weird feeling that we might see an MJ start. Yeah, I'd be like, if I'd we okay play Brad, I mean, I I would really have to hope we're winning by the 60th minute. That you know we we could maybe give Jurgensen or Amir a solid 30 minutes at the least is maybe what I'll say. Yeah. All right, are we missing anything? I don't think we have any emails for this week. No. Let's try to keep this one maybe slightly respectable. respectable How many many, uh, defensive or deep-lying midfielders do we have? One or two? That's a good question. Yeah, also, give CCJ a game, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do we do? I go CCJ and and, uh, and Davis. Davis has to play, I think. Yeah, but now I'm becoming aware of, of... his potential grind. Maybe we try to maybe yeah, start. It's, it's early. He can, Davis he can hasn't been subbed off this year, so I think he's worth it. Yeah. Start Davis and CCJ or Riza if we can, and we have a lead. Maybe let's try thirty minutes of I, a version without Davis. I think we build Davis Riza another game. I think okay. they're trying to get that going. So I mean, yeah, I just, this is this is supposed to be the CCJ integration, though. We'll see. I think it'll happen. Yeah. Maybe Gold Cup. Cool. 
Okie doke. That's it for this action-packed week. Hopefully, we we, we doing predictions, or are we just kind of like saying W's. Oh, yeah, man, I'm being I'm being real oh. arrogant here, aren't I? Five, what is one. what what is and and five one? Yeah. All right. Three nothing. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling decent about the the clean sheet as well. I'll go three nothing as well. Okie doke. Looking for. An unbeaten start to the season going into week four, hopefully. Knock on wood. See uh, big whips, big guns, whoa. No cash, no funds, ho. Hurry up, it's done. It's done. You are on my side. my side. We don't play new buns. This shit for the scum. I'm a pop I don't smoke sesh, no. I don't pack heat. I don't even make no box. I don't even got no gun, ho. I'm like 20.